The Feminist Coach Academy podcast is proudly supported by Perk Digital, helping professional and entrepreneurial women amplify their message, build their body of work, and leave a legacy through podcasts. For more information about how podcasts can help you build your brand, visit perkdigital.com.au. Welcome to the Feminist Coach Academy podcast, where inclusive feminism, business, and coaching meet. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the co-founders of the Feminist Coach Academy, Naomi Arnold and Cameron Aaron. We are feminist life and biz coaches, both passionate about helping coaches, therapists, helping professionals, practitioners, and entrepreneurs integrate a feminist lens and perspective into their businesses, life, and client practice. On this podcast, we plan to help you do so. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Cam here, and with me today is May. Hey, May. Hi, Cam, and you listening. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about boundaries. Such a great topic. Always a great day to talk about boundaries. But before we get into it, We just want to remind you that there is one week left before the doors to our March intake closes, March 2021. And yeah, so if you've been thinking about joining our certification training and you want to learn how to integrate an inclusive feminist awareness and practice into your work, into your business, everyday life, all that good stuff, then we encourage you to apply. You can go to feministcoachacademycourses.com and you can apply. Yeah, you can see all the info there. We'd love to have you. And um, if your application gets accepted, then we'll send you an invite to enroll. So that's one more week left. Okay, so boundaries. I guess we should start with what do boundaries mean to us? Nay, do you mind starting us off? Yeah, sure. So I think to begin with, what's clearer to me is what they're not. And I feel like a lot of the language around boundaries and setting boundaries feels really harsh and like punitive and reactive I guess and I don't love that so that's I guess not what boundaries are to me what boundaries are to me are kind of a a more expansive and like connected to capacity and resources and taking care of ourselves and when it comes from that energy they're not always kind of obvious and in your face and like you're setting with them, they can be more subtle or organic and I guess just ingrained in, in how we show up and what we choose to say yes and no to and and all of all of that. And 
as I'm saying this, I'm thinking uh, there's this great, we can put it in the show notes, there's a great couple of podcast episodes where one of our, our FCA teachers, Stacey Jordan Shelton, talks about boundaries and capacity and she just articulates exactly how I feel about it so much better than what I can do myself. So I highly recommend people listen to those as well. But, yeah, that's what comes to mind at first for me is kind of this this feeling of what how they're spoken about and how that just doesn't sit well with me and I guess what I hope for them to feel like instead. Mm. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I think I think of boundaries as care. It's like caring for yourself and caring for other people. Like what you said, kind of being clear on what you have capacity for. And um, so it's really just like, yeah, it's clarity. It's communicating what you have the capacity for and what you don't, or what you just simply don't want to do and what you simply do want to do. And I think that boundaries are hard because we've been taught not to say no and not how to say no and not to really respect people's no's. So I think that also like respecting other people's boundaries is an act of care and it's an act of care for ourselves to set them, but it is totally okay to say no. And I think that we're, we're learning that more and more. I see more people learning that, um, especially in coaching spaces and feminist spaces. And I guess I see that boundaries you know, in that sense, boundaries is connected to feminist coach theory, because I do think that part of feminism is agency and power and exercising your own agency and power and sovereignty and care and for yourself and others. And so boundaries is then a big part of that. Yeah. And so many thoughts come to mind while you were talking then one was that point I think something that I heard there was around how they're fluid like they they can shift and change just as our capacity and spoons and resources do and the other was how important it is to think about the boundaries in terms of just not ourselves like we get taught that they're about ourselves and protecting ourselves a lot and you touched on there how it's also about honoring other people's boundaries and capacities and yeah that feels really that feels like a really important point too and yeah I I was thinking about this before we pressed record around how it's connected to feminist coach theory and just so many things came up in my mind around kind of the different stories that get entangled with boundaries and how that's connected to as you said power and how we're socialized and these kind of internalized oppressive beliefs that we have like for example hustle culture and boundaries are very kind of intertwined and consent and boundaries are very yeah kind of intertwined and I get that kind of punitive I guess tone that people use around boundaries is like intertwined (laughs) so yeah there's just so many issues that came to mind thinking about how socialization and oppression and feminism are connected to how we view and enact boundaries. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And we go over this a lot in the training. I mean, not directly necessarily, but every class I feel like is 
encouraging you to, you know, kind of check in about where you're at and what you need and for your business, for yourself, with your clients, you know, and that it, every class is kind of helps you think about boundaries for yourself. And also one of our teachers, I'm thinking of Nicole Lewis Kieber talks a lot about consent and boundaries with your business in her class. But yeah, I think every class sort of sparks that, how we can hold healthy boundaries for ourselves and our business. Yeah. I think it also, some of the conversations we're having around business practices uh, can be connected to boundaries as well. And how we're like some of the things that we're taught in business is actually to actively ignore and try to push through other people's boundaries. I'm just thinking, for example, on discovery calls and on mm. kind of sales pitches when people say they you know they can't afford what it is that you're offering and people are taught these scripts to push back and convince them of that they should join up. Like that's you're actually getting taught to ignore and disrespect people's boundaries. So well yeah, totally. That's a really good example. We are, a lot of coaches are taught that. And so that is one of the things we do in the training is help. We help folks, whether you're a coach or a therapist or whatever practitioner you are in whatever field, you've been taught in some ways, perhaps to push your clients' boundaries or something, especially when it comes around money and payment and stuff like that, right? And so, you know, part of having a feminist business is really challenging those things that we've been taught, right? Is really taking a deeper look at what are the things we've been taught about how what it means to be a coach or a therapist or a personal trainer or a counselor or a teacher or whatever helping professional we are, right? Or as an entrepreneur, what are the things we've been taught and are they really actually aligned with our feminist values and our integrity? Like, does this actually feel good to us? Just just because we were taught this doesn't mean it's aligned, right? It doesn't mean that that's actually how we want to do business or have to do business. Exactly. So do you have more to say on that? Or do you want to get into sharing some of our own business boundaries that we have for ourselves? Yeah, let's get into that. Okay. So like some of these are just, you know, really practical, right? Uh, Really practical boundaries that we've realized we need (laughs) and to run a business and that you might want as well, right? So maybe some of these you've already implemented or some of them you are like, oh yeah, I want to do that. That sounds good. So one of the categories of boundaries is like an email, right? So get a lot of email, we respond to a lot of emails. And one of the emails big, right, in our businesses and with clients and everything. And so, and even when we weren't in an academy, just individually, I know, Nay, you were doing this, you still do it. But we have an autoresponder in our emails so that people know what to expect from us, you know, like how long it takes to get back to them so that they don't expect an urgent reply 
or that we are just available and always checking our email and that somebody is always, you know, so just sort of setting that stage, right? Setting that boundary and having that autoresponder saying, thank you for your email. And, you know, this is the, we'll get back to you, you know, when we can. And sometimes it takes longer to get back to you if we need to discuss it amongst ourselves and that kind of thing. So, and I know you do this for your own individual email as well. Yeah. And I think they, if that not only helps with letting people know that you won't reply immediately and it might take you a few days, but it also helps, I think, give ourselves as individuals permission to not feel like we need to reply immediately as well. And I know personally, I have to remind myself frequently that, yeah, the autoresponder is there, but I need to honor and actually do what it says too, because you do get caught up in this sense of urgency and like you need to reply to something right away, even though you might not have the capacity to do that yet. So I'm constantly having to remind myself to actually honor what we have set in an autoresponder. Right. And I've had one for years. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, when we have learned that urgency is part of unlearning or unlearning the sense of urgency is part of unlearning white supremacy and capitalism because a sense of urgency is a trait of white supremacy and it's certainly a trait of capitalism that just wants us to produce as quickly as possible And this expectation of we need to get back to people as soon as we can, right? And so it and it is hard for us, I think, to unlearn this, partly because we are two people who tend to get back to people quickly. We like to kind of work efficiently. And I like to get things done. (laughs) And so like when there's an email hanging out in the ether, I'm sort of like. Uh, (laughs) I don't want, I don't like it when things are just sort of hanging out there, but like you, I've had to remind myself that like, it's okay to have it be there. I don't, just because it's there doesn't mean I need to think about it. It doesn't mean I need to have it really in my consciousness all the time. And so I have personally have created a lot of more boundaries around email So that because I know myself and I don't want to spend my brain power always thinking about this email that somebody has sent, right? So I don't, I try not to look at emails on the weekends at all or before bed or the first thing in the morning. Those are like my own personal boundaries that I have tried to adhere to and mostly do adhere to them because I've noticed that when I don't, it's just kind of constantly on my mind and causes anxiety. Well, depending on the email, of course. (laughs) Yeah. I'm much the, I'm much the same. I don't always do it well though. I do find myself slipping back into checking emails first thing and trying to get back to them first thing, even though I know and have learned that energy wise, that doesn't work best for me. I do have the most energy kind of mid morning to noon and that's the best time for me to be doing more creative focused work and emails can be later when I am running out of steam and 
yet I always, because I'm obsessed with this and we're just so caught up in this sense of urgency and and I'm obsessed with a zero inbox, like I will quite often try to do that first. I feel this immediate sense of achievement and then I've got no energy left to do the other work. <laughs> so it's kind of this unlearning and re reprogramming and practice that's ongoing. Yeah, I hear that. It's a practice. It is an ongoing practice. So it's not something we're going to be perfect at, you know, when we first start implementing whatever boundary, right? And sometimes you have to start really small and build up from there. Yeah. And even things like this expectation that you have to reply to every email. Yeah. That's something else I've noticed within myself that I've learned from other mentors who don't reply to every email. I started to question that myself. I'm like, why? Why do I feel like I have to reply to every email? And yeah, even to people that I don't know who are asking things of me, like, I, why do I feel like I have to do that? So, or that I have to write lengthy, considered responses all the time when a short, succinct response would be better. Right. So a lot of the time it's me, like it's kind of, you know, <laughs> it's about the boundaries are all about, like about how I'm, how I'm not treating myself well and how I could treat myself better. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great point. And I used to, when people used to send me short replies, I used to think it was rude <laughs> and I really put me off and but I have since learned that that it isn't necessarily rude. It's not trying to be rude. And that people don't have time and energy to be putting lengthy, thoughtful responses into every email. And it doesn't mean that they don't care or that they're not interested in whatever it is that you're discussing. But like, you know, email is not the place where they're going to pour out their hearts or, you know, like really give you the time. So... I have really had to learn that one because I had all these rules for other people in my head about how they should respond. <laughs> and I still have them, <laughs> but they're, but I'm better at it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It inspires me now when we get a short response back to something. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, <laughs> I need to do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And I think part of that is also honoring other people's capacity too. So when you're writing long or waffling emails (laughs) that the other person then has to read and respond to, I guess I'm not really honoring their capacity and doing that either. So, Right. Totally. But I think you're right that like we, we don't have to respond to every email and we certainly don't respond to hate type of emails or emails with red flags in them, or that like have nothing to do with us, right? We try to be discerning about, I think it's good to be discerning, like you don't have to reply to every email that comes your way. Even like sometimes, you know, you might get an email that for someone you don't know, but who might like be in your larger community, like, you know, we might get an email from a another feminist who we don't know, but they're asking us things that have nothing really to do with us and that we don't want to respond to (laughs) and don't, and we have to remind ourselves, like, we actually don't have to respond to this, you know, if we don't want to. And I think that's important for folks, you know, is that you always get to decide what you want to respond to. 
Yeah. If you're ready to have a truly inclusive feminist and social justice led business and client practice, then we invite you to join the Feminist Coach Theory Certification Training that is now officially open for enrollment for our next intake. Go to feministcoachacademycourses.com to learn all the details and to enroll today. The link is also in our episode notes. If you're a helping professional or entrepreneur and this podcast resonates with you, then we would love to have you in our community. And that again, often can come down to capacity as well. Like sometimes if you do have the resources, you might feel like you can respond to an email that at another time when you don't, you won't reply to. So yeah, lots, lots to consider there with email. Mm-hmm. Another area that we have been implementing boundaries and also res- trying to respect other people's boundaries in is labor, right? Yep. So, you know, certainly with emotional labor and being mindful of when we might be giving away too much free emotional labor, when we might be asking for someone else's emotional labor and how that is all showing up in our academy and how that shows up in coaching and helping professional and business spaces. I don't know about you, but like, I, I just, I've seen this a lot where we call ourselves feminists and we talk about emotional labor, but then we are continuously asking folks for their free labor, (laughs) (laughs) free intellectual labor or emotional labor. And you know, it, it's an area where you need a lot of self-awareness around. I've noticed that the more self-awareness you have around it, the more you're able to really acknowledge, oh yeah, maybe I've been asking this person for their free intellectual labor. Like, and you know, when to, you know, how much to ask, what to ask, and when. And so yeah, it's I think I really want to see more improvement in this area among feminists and among folks in our wider community, you know, in the coaching spaces and the business spaces and the feminist coaching feminist business spaces. I don't know about you, but I've been approached a number of times over the years by folks I don't know, even folks I know sort of a little bit just asking me all kinds of questions about an area of expertise of mine, just like, or to, you know, just asking me questions that, that you would be doing in a paid session, right? And it's astonishing to me that there isn't more self-awareness around this. Yeah. I was just thinking that sometimes I think it depends on how it is asked as well. And like for ourselves, for example, when we are asking someone for that type of labor or for support or involvement or whatever it might be, I think one way of honoring people's boundaries and labor is that we make it very clear to them that, you know, you can say no to this yeah (laughs) which of course they can but it's just kind of removing that 
or making that really clear to people that you can say no to this and that is fine. Or, you know, if the amount we're suggesting doesn't feel good, please let us know what, what feels good. And I think maybe that's part of it too. The part that makes me feel resentful maybe sometimes is when you get these requests and it's just assumed that you will say yes and you will do what it is that they are asking yeah. of you. Yeah. Um, because I am personally, depending on my capacity, like I am willing to give free labour yeah, and you give a lot. support. Yeah, but it depends on the who's asking my relationship with them the context of it all and how they asked. So, Yeah, definitely. It does depend. And it's not always clear. I have to say, like, sometimes when I've thought about asking someone something, I, I'm not, it depends on what it is, but sometimes I'm not clear. Like, is this asking for their labor unpaid? Mm. Or is this just a, a question that's okay to ask? Like, Sometimes I, I must admit, I'm not super clear about it. And, and that's where I think what you just said is important. That's where the giving the person a no option is a good reminder. And or yeah. asking them where the best place is to ask yeah. this type yeah. of question or get this type of support. Sometimes it might just be, oh, I can reply to that here in email. There you go. But other times it'll be go book a session here. Yes. Um, or, ask in this platform or, or whatever it might be. Well, right, exactly. So, well, yeah. yeah. So sometimes, yeah, like in the academy, we will, like, we do give away, you know, we we try to answer folks' questions as much as we can. But sometimes, you know, a question is asked that requires more of a response and more labor put into it. And in that sense, we would probably recommend a session, right? A one a paid session with us um, or a paid session with one of our teachers that maybe, you know, they're an expert on the topic of the question that's being asked. Yeah. And yeah, or it's something we can address on an integration call with guests or something. But yeah, we do love to, you know, give as much as we can within the capacity that we have to. Right. Yeah. So there is a lot of support yeah. in our training in our community. And there's also paid support as well for to get like, you know, more one on one and extra. Yeah. I think something we've learned there as well through our work and also through working with our coach, Lena West, is to be proactive about that as well. So to be really proactive around what support looks like in yeah. this space. So how they can get support, like what options are there for them as part of the training, but also on top of that as, as paid additional support if, if they need it and when and when they can do that and, and things like that. So I feel like that has been really useful for us is being really clear around what that looks like. And it's not about, again, this punitive setting of boundaries it's just around being clear around the different options that are there for for support in that space yeah so. exactly definitely and I mean one of the things that I've been you know gotten more clear on in the last I don't know six months or so um is that I'm wanting to do less one-on-one -on -one zoom sessions 
and that that kind of offering that kind of support doesn't really feel as good for me anymore. So, but what I've been loving that we've done sometimes with members is giving email support and we either respond in audio or a loom video or just in writing. And it, it's not like an hour or an hour and a half on a zoom. Like it just feels very different to me. And I have more capacity for the, the one that I can be more flexible and that where I don't have to be on camera for. And, and I feel like it's still like the value is the same, you know, like I'm offering the same value. Right. So that honestly has been a game changer for me. Sometimes the value can be even more when you use that asynchronous coaching method. Like if they're wanting, for example, you know, feedback and support on a web page and on the language that they've used, depending on your skills and approach to things, sometimes you can provide much better feedback and support if you have the quiet space of yourself to be able to go through and respond via audio or a Loom video or something, as opposed to on a one-on-one coaching session with the person reading it at the time. Some people are great at that. They prefer that. I know that I need some quiet, focused time to kind of look through things like that. So at the moment, anyway, so doing that kind of asynchronous approach works for us at the moment. That might change. Who knows? Sometime our capacity might shift and we might prefer one-on-one Zoom sessions again. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. The boundaries can change. Our desires and our needs can change. But I'm really loving that we have discovered that option and that we, because I'm just like, oh, I really, I really like this. It allows me to do it on my time too, as opposed to having this thing in my calendar that I have to show up for on camera and be camera ready and all that. Like that to me is, that's another boundary for me is I have to limit the amount of Zoom calls I have in my life because... (laughs) I do love group calls. I love showing up on the group calls. I love seeing people's faces in the, in their group. But in terms of like one-on-one and, and also if I have too many Zoom calls in a week, that can that takes a lot out of me. And it's just, it's like too much on my schedule. I have that like rebel in me that just is like, doesn't want too much on my schedule, you know? And it, even <laughs> if I like it, even if I like the thing that's on my schedule, I'm just like... <laughs> No, I need to be free. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm really relating with this too and from perhaps a different angle as someone who's been experiencing chronic health stuff. Having lots of things on my schedule. Like I, as you know, I'm really struggling with Zoom calls right now and with live group calls as well. And part of that is because of the unpredictable nature of spoons and chronic illness and chronic fatigue is I feel this pressure when things are locked into my calendar where I have to show up and show my face and be on and hold space and whatnot there's this pressure there to show up and do that even if I'm not feeling so great that day and I have got a lot better over the last couple of years at rescheduling and just saying I need to reschedule I'm not doing well today but there's still this kind of anxiety I guess around that even though people are fine with it 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm finding that really hard as well, having lots of calls. So I've also been trying to honour that more and find ways to not have so many. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Totally get that. Yeah, and I think that that's a really important thing to bring up too. So thank you for bringing that up because I know other folks struggle with or you know experience chronic health issues. And I've had times to seemed like in November and December, I was having weird stuff come up around energy levels and achy body and unexplainable things that I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, yeah, I think that's a big one is to really, and we do talk about this in the training and we talk about this, like Isabel Abbott's class around unlearning ableism. And, and we talk about you know, kind of designing your business with that in mind. Oh, in the book, Care Work, that's what's coming mm-hmm. to mind. Where, what's the author's name? Do you remember? Leah? Uh, Leah. I can't remember Leah's surname. Lakshmi something or something. Lakshmi. Yeah. Yeah. Totally forgetting. But Care Work is the name of the book. And it's all about unlearning ableism. And really, it that has, book has inspired me to think of care in a different way and to really truly try to make all of my spaces like prioritize this, right. And to be more accessible Mm -hmm. and for myself, for all of us. Right. And, and it's an ongoing practice. Mm -hmm. We'll put a link to that book in the show notes. And it is one of our core Mm -hmm. texts. If you listen to our feminist reads episode that came out at the beginning of the year, it's on our core text list as well. So what about social media? Lots of boundaries there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I feel like they're like all of them, they kind of shift depending on your capacity. Yeah. But I guess for us at the moment, it looks like using a scheduling tool so we don't have to be on all the time. Yeah. And putting posts out there that way. Yeah. Again, not feeling like we have to respond to every DM or or comment that comes through. Yeah. And honouring other people's boundaries too. So getting consent before we share things about or, you know, words from members or teachers or whatnot. Um, Yeah, getting better about that. Yeah. And trying not to be on all the time. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've gotten better about this. I don't know. What's it like for you right now? I'm going through a period where I'm not on social much at all. Yeah. It's not like it was a conscious decision. Mm. I've just been otherwise occupied (laughs) uh, elsewhere. So it's not like I've set up this, again, it's not like I've got this rigid boundary. It's just... I think I've just noticed that my capacity hasn't been there and I haven't felt the need to be on so much. Yeah. So I used to have this pressure on myself that I needed to be on in order to support others and that I care about and what they're posting on social. Kind of let go of that now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've had a bit of that, a bit of guilt, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's another example of, somewhere where we don't necessarily have these rigid lockdown 
boundaries but are mindful of what we need and honoring that yeah absolutely and you know I mean every everyone probably gets dms from strangers that are just like spammy or you know just getting followers or buy this or whatever and I I just just to be clear like I never respond to those. Delete. <laughs> I don't <laughs> give those my time of day at all. And if somebody, it hasn't, I don't think it's happened with the FCA yet, but I know like if it has happened on my personal account before I had a private account where every once in a while I get like a comment from a stranger who wasn't actually following me, but just saw my post somehow and posted something you know, mean or oppressive or whatever it is. And sometimes it's, it is trolls and sometimes it's just people coming at you because they're angry and like, I mean, they just want to take you down because you're, I don't know. And so like, whenever that pops up, it's just like, I learned to like, nope, delete, not going to respond to this. I'm not going to see it. I'm delete the comment. You know, I'm not going to, you know, this is nothing to do with me. Like I'm not, and that's different from someone like calling you in or calling you out. But, and also yeah. when people call you out, you know, it's good to be discerning there as well, right? Is this someone you know? Is this someone who cares about you versus, you know, someone who does, right? So I think that that's important to keep in mind as well. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on calling in and calling out (laughs) we talk about that a lot as well in the training and we do and some of the teachers uh, do as well in their classes so yeah that's a conversation in itself it is always a juicy conversation and an ongoing one too so lastly honoring other people's boundaries is super important you know, it's not just about us setting boundaries for ourselves, but how we can honor other people's boundaries as well. So if people don't get back to us in the time that we want, you know, kind of being easy about that, right? Easeful with that and giving the benefit of the doubt and and not sparking this sense of urgency onto other people, right? And maybe checking in, but checking in gently and just being, you know, where's that person at? How's it going? You know, trying also not to put short deadlines on other people, right? Like last minute deadlines, because that also kind of feeds into that sense of urgency with, you know, white supremacy and capitalism that we want to get away from. Yeah. Actually checking in on their capacity and what timeframes might feel good to them or what support they might need depending on the context. And again, like we were saying, setting the tone so it is okay to say no and, and or it is okay to propose something else or to ask for something else. Yeah. It also makes me think of Lena. I know we mentioned Lena earlier and I think it was, was it on an advisory board meeting where we asked them around their capacity and preferences yeah, for us, make, us making asks. And yeah. they, they were like, I think Lena said, make the ask and trust that I'll say no <laughs> if, if yeah. it doesn't work for me. This is and what, the, yeah, um, I, well, this is what I love about Lena is Lena is very clear about what they want to do, what they're willing to do. 
And so I never feel weird or bad asking because I know that they know themselves so clearly and that they're going to be honest that I know that when they say yes, it's never out of obligation. It's because they genuinely want to do it. And that's the gift and the beauty of being honest about our boundaries. You know that that person is being genuine when they're saying yes. Or you know, you know, people know you're being genuine when you say yes, because you do also know how to say no. Yeah, I love it when people are super clear, but it is also, it is a practice. It's not easy. Yeah, absolutely. That seems to be a theme coming through. <laughs> yes. Respecting our own boundaries on other people's. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Can't think of anything else at the moment. Would love to hear what listeners think of the episode and boundaries that that you're implementing and or wanting to implement into your business. Yeah, I hope that this episode has sparked some inspiration. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all. Please tag us on social media at Feminist Coach Academy so that we can read your thoughts or comments after the episode and yeah we look forward to reading what you have to say on boundaries we do well um we will chat with you next week and until then hope you have an easeful rest of your week doors to our march intake are open we are accepting enrollments for our March intake. If this podcast resonates with you and you're a helping professional or an entrepreneur and you are ready to implement an inclusive feminist awareness and praxis into your business and your client practice and your everyday life, then hop on board. This is the training for you. We would love to have you in our community to learn all the details including the teachers and the classes that are in the training, plus all the live calls and everything that's included, go to feministcoachacademycourses.com. There you will learn everything. There's an FAQ section at the bottom as well to answer further questions that you have. And there you can enroll. So if this feels right for you right now, then we would love to have you. You can click the link in our episode notes to go to our sales page and to enroll now. Hope to see you in our community. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. And if you're interested in our certification training and getting certified in feminist coach theory and learning how to integrate an inclusive feminist awareness and analysis of practice into your work with your clients and your business, please go to feministcoachacademycourses.com to learn all about our certification training and to enroll now for our next intake. We are accepting enrollments for our next intake and we would love to have you join us.
Also go to our website, feministcoachacademy.com to grab more of our free resources and to listen to other podcast episodes. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast in iTunes or Spotify and that you're following us on social media at Feminist Coach Academy on Instagram and Facebook. And if you love our podcast, we would love it if you would rate and write us a review in iTunes. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Have a joyful rest of your day.